You're listening to America's Entrepreneur, the podcast designed to educate, entertain, and inspire you in your personal and professional journey. I'm your host, Aaron Spatz, and on the podcast, I interview entrepreneurs, industry experts, and other high achievers as they detail their personal and professional journeys in business. My goal is to glean their experiences into actionable insights that you can apply to your own journey. If you're new to the show, we've spoken with successful entrepreneurs, Grammy award-winning artists, best-selling authors, chief executives, and other fascinating minds with unique experiences. We've covered topics such as how to achieve breakthrough in business, growing startups, effective leadership techniques, and much more. If you strive for continual self-improvement and enjoy fascinating and insightful conversation, hit the subscribe button. You'll love it here at America's Entrepreneur. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to America's Entrepreneur. I'm just so delighted that you are showing up, that you're listening, and I, I really do appreciate you being there. And I, and I know for a lot of you, you may be on the run, you're either working out, you're commuting, you're doing any number of things. And so I really want you to know that I really do appreciate you being there and listening. It really is my sincere pleasure to bring these episodes to you. I want to call to your attention a special premium network that we've recently launched and created. I haven't really been making a lot of effort to market it in, in terms of like wide reach. I'm really previewing it to you first. And it's called America's Entrepreneur Network. You can access it by going to aenetwork.mn, that's mikenovember.co, Charlie Oscar. And you can go check that out. You can subscribe. And, and what we do there is we it is a community meant to help encourage, inspire, and resource each other. And so we do a lot of networking events. We do a lot of information as it relates to, you know, how do we raise capital? How do we build out a really awesome team? How do we like, how do we do all these different things? How do we, how do we stumble uh, forward in a, in a very progressive, positive way with our businesses? And so I would be delighted for you to join us there and take part in the conversation. So you'll notice a lot of podcast guests uh, are, are also uh, frequent uh, frequent visitors to that to that platform. So anyway, without further ado, I want to just welcome uh, Brian McMahon to the show. Brian is the CEO of a company called Expert Dojo, and Expert Dojo spends a lot of time, money, and energy into equipping and investing in, in early stage startups. And I'm going to let him do all the talking here in just a second. So I'm super excited to bring him on. But Brian, thank you so much for joining me, and thank you for making time to be on the show today. Thank you. My pleasure. Yeah, very nice to be here. Any time I get the opportunity to talk about startups is a good time. Yeah. Well, where where did that uh, like where did that interest come from? Like, what what about startups just just has you so passionate? So, startups are the center of creativity in the world. You know, everything that starts anywhere, anything we have started with a startup, right? There's literally nothing that doesn't uh, come from this beautiful space that, you know, wonderful folks who go out there and put their heartbeats into building something new and incredible that the world really needs. It comes from this space. So it's really a privilege to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that's really awesome. And, it, and, and it's true. It, it's hard. It's hard to imagine that, you know, a company like Nike or Microsoft, right? Like they, they once upon a time were, were a startup, you know? Yeah. So it's really, it's really, really neat to see that. Yeah, you know? for sure. I mean, you had, you had, you know, you do Bill Gates, you had your Steve Jobs, you had your Elon Musk. At one stage, all of those people were sitting at some desk, some garage, some coffee shop, and they thought, what if 
you know, what if the world actually was round and we could just go out there and do something pretty incredible that goes against what popular convention thinks is possible. And that's where everybody goes to. And some people are successful and much more people are not successful. Uh, so we celebrate all startups. And, and as I said, we have the privilege to be able to invest in a lot of these early stage ideas and companies that then can go the whole way. That's so awesome. Well, well, walk me through a little bit of your story. So you've 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 done a lot of different things in the business world. Kind of take us through a really quick tour as to how you know how you started and and how you've gotten to where you are today with Expert Dojo. So I, I've had a fortunate life. I've lived in lots of countries by choice, probably about fifty by now. And in those countries, I did a multitude of different things. I owned companies in a few of them. I had a property development company, you know, going back to the UK many, many, many years ago and was was fortunate enough to find myself in the US probably for the first time about 18, 19 years ago. Um, and then since then have lived in Dallas and Houston and Austin and uh, San Diego and Chicago, um, then up in New York and now where I am at the moment down in Santa Monica. And what that really has taught me about life is that we're all inherently the same. You know, we have the same not wants and needs. People don't wake up in the morning generally wanting to do bad on other people. They just wake up in the morning wanting to survive and have a good day and do well around them. And then the world takes them in places that they want to or don't want to go. So during this journey in all these different places, I really became massively attracted to just the art of startup and what it is that makes one entrepreneur successful and another entrepreneur wanting. And is there really anything that we can add to that equation to help a system which is inherently pretty unfair because the money is all slanted in a very tiny direction towards a very small group of people. Um, and we thought, well, can we actually start investing and change that paradigm and rather than just have it go to folks who happen to go to a very nice Ivy League school, see if we can actually reroute some of that venture money towards really epic, great founders that have tremendous potential to be able to break through if someone just you know bets on them. Um, and that was, we made our first investment about four or five years ago, and we've made around 190 investments since then. Wow. That's, that's incredible. And uh, no doubt, incredible perspective being able to travel the world and, and also live in different places. I've, I've been fortunate uh, to likewise travel the world many times over. I haven't lived in a number of countries. Um, I have, have lived in a couple, but, uh, but I, I can echo to the extent that I'm able to, uh, to understand to your extent is, I mean, it, it absolutely helps shape your view of humanity. And it makes, it makes a huge difference when you're able to experience other cultures and just other, other problems that people face. And you, you quickly realize that so many of us share a lot of the same desires and a lot of the same passions and same just there's a there's a lot of similarity and i think if we work to find how we are similar versus how we're dissimilar i think uh i, I think there's a lot of amazing things that can happen oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah especially yeah. in this time we're in right now we could do a whole 24-hour <laughs> podcast about yeah. this topic uh, sure. yeah I, look i'm a big believer in nurture rather than nature. I think with the folks that surround us generally shape what we become. And a lot of the small-mindedness and bigotness that you see around the world is based on the fact that those just those poor folks have been unfortunate enough to have parents and grandparents and uncles and aunts and friends who just didn't have the perspective that really every human being should have around the folks yeah. around them. So yeah, we, we just narrow that into early stage startup. 
Uh, we look for great founders. Uh, we've invested all over the world. We've invested probably about 100 companies or so in the US. We've invested in companies in Africa, companies in India, companies in Europe, companies in Latin America. Um, and it's always the same ingredients that we're looking for in folks. We're looking for someone who has, you know, first of all, that warrior um, ability, you know, which is required when they go in the path of entrepreneurship, which is no easy path. Uh, we're looking for people who are executors, not people you just think that it's yes. something that the world should see. People who realize that it's the jockey, as Tom Cruise said in Top Gun, you know, it ain't the plane, it's the pilot. So we want to be able to see that pilot that's able to actually execute the things that they want to bring to the world. Uh, and then we just look for just great product fit that we can bring out and help them really grow. And our area of special honesty is in growth itself. So even though we're an investor and we put our money into these companies and we choose that to be the way that we make money, we also acknowledge that the founders with really strong, solid base in the product fit that they have and the need that the market has for that product fit, they're the ones that we want to help just reduce the lower cost of customer acquisition and nice longer lifetime values of customers so that as we raise money beyond the money that we invest into them, then those founders are able to use that money to really grow exponentially. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, let's drill down a little bit more into your background. I like, I like to understand you know, some of the business ventures that you were able to take part in. And uh, obviously, you've, you've, had, you've had some level of success if you're able to turn that around and then being able to then turn around and invest into other companies. So help, help me understand like what, like what, what was your big break? Like what, what happened in your career that you really feel like really propelled you to that next level? So I, I really believe a lot in life is mindset. And I don't mean mindset that you kind of wake up one day and you have your Tony Robbins moments and decide you're going to imagine a big house on the hill and then, hey, presto, the universe just delivers it to you like you've read 99 pages in, in, in The Secret. Um, I mean, you have to actually apply yourself. Um, so when I was very young, I decided that the accumulation of wealth was about small steps, not big steps. You're not going to be a millionaire in 24 hours. You're not going to do like a three-day work week and it's going to be implemented straight away. You do very specific things that help generate that wealth. And I was involved in property development at an early age, which is just a great way to get your foot on the ladder and try and get some money. And then I had a company throughout Europe, which was in the workspace um, area, which got very involved with Regis, who are the big major workplace player over there. And that was a very fortunate time and a great time that brought me throughout all of Western Europe. Then had another company as I came over to the US, which was in Again, work-life balance um, and building it there, which went fine as well. Um, and look, so I didn't jump into investing in startups because I had exited you know, some billion-dollar company. I, I really wanted to get involved in startups because I felt that America in many ways had lost its way in entrepreneurship. Um, and what I mean by that is you know, America is the greatest storytelling nation on earth, but you know, I, we have forgotten how to storytell. Right. And now products get sent out to the market very quickly. They get iterated, they get sent out. The clients either like them or they don't like them, and then they send them back. And like this old, beautiful brands that used to be created by some of the most incredible companies in America have been forgotten. So for me, I just felt very sad about that. And I feel sad about the fact that you have these incredible founders that have the ability to build great companies, but they don't learn this in school. 
Nobody teaches you how to be a great entrepreneur in school for some bizarre reason, even though it's the most important thing somebody can become. And nobody teaches you how to build great storytelling or great brand anywhere, not even in university. You just do some case studies. Nobody teaches you how to build really strong growth metrics so that your company can become stronger and better. And so all of those things were really lacking as we saw it. Um, and then, so for me, I started in this the same way that I started in life, which is one company at a time. I didn't wake up one morning and say, I want to be a venture capitalist and invest in 180 companies that will probably soon be 500 companies. I woke up one morning and said, I want to invest in one company. And I want to see if we can then improve and get better and better and better based on pattern recognition, the more companies that we brought on. And that's been my journey for the last four or five years and, and the likely journey for the next five to 10. That's absolutely incredible. I mean, what, what, uh, what advice or what would you say to those that are on the sidelines now or they're wanting to jump into the entrepreneurial a game and really get after it and get after their idea or their, or their product, whatever the case may be. What What's some advice that maybe you find yourself giving to a lot of entrepreneurs time and time again that you wish you could just, with a bullhorn, share with so many more people? So there's a ton, <laughs> but I'll start with sure. parents. I'll start with parents because I'm a parent, okay. and, and that is don't let your child just go. Don't educate your child to have a job for the rest of their life. That is the modern form of slavery, and you just earn enough money to survive and get by. But worse than that, you will. They will slowly have the creativity sucked out of them between the moment that they begin. At 17, 18, 19 years old, and then the moment that they end at 60, 70, 80 years old, and they say, I made it. And what you have to realize as a parent of a beautiful being that you bring into the world is that it's not about, I've made it. It's about, what can you do? What can you bring to the world? Which is incredible. That becomes your legacy. It becomes your purpose. It becomes that thing that will give them meaning in life. So number one, parents do right by your kids. Teach them entrepreneurship. It's not that hard. You don't have to go that far. You just open YouTube and you have entire universities on how to build your companies and talks by people who've done it all before. But you have to put that seed in your kid's mind. And now I'm not saying don't let them have a job ever, but I'm saying don't educate them to settle. So that's number one. Number two, if you are in a place right now that you're starting a business, doesn't matter how young you are, zero is irrelevant. As a 15-year-old kid, you can be doing drop shipping from China or Eastern Europe or somewhere else where you can get products and the products are made by somebody else, manufactured by somebody else, transported by somebody else. Even the mail will take them somewhere else. The only thing you have to do is build a white label website so you can direct these products where you need them to go to and choose the right products as well. And again, none of the things I tell people are easy. They're not. You have to work hard to become proficient at absolutely anything, but it is about intent. Do you want to sit on your lazy ass for the next 45 years watching Netflix and seeing every single series of like the most awful mind numbing television in your entire life? Or do you want to go out there and make a difference in the world? I subscribe to making a difference in the world. So if you're going to do that, then you make sure that you find something that can actually generate you a little bit of cash. Um, and then you come to like skill sets. So what I'll normally say is this, I'll normally get my people to draw a line in the middle of the page. And on the left side or the right side, you will put down, what is it that you're really, 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 really good at? 
And the thing that you're the best at will go towards the middle of the page. And the thing that you're not so good at will go towards the extreme side of the page. And then on the other side of the page, you will write down what the world needs. And based on that, and that means you have to open your eyes. You have to look around. You have to see what's lacking. You have to see where the problems are. You have to see where things are failing. And you can see it everywhere. You see it in the way houses are constructed. You see it in the way cars move. Look how Tesla's come from nowhere to where it is right now because one person noticed that a shift was about to become a reality. And then you move what the world needs to the center of the page. Now, this is not an exact science, but it is a very, very good thing to do to get yourself into the place of making sure that whatever you decide you're going to do in the world is at least aligned with something that you are not crap at. Uh, and then you iterate, right? You try things, you go at them, you see how it works, you build proper branding, you build proper storytelling, messaging. You then make sure that you look at the three most important things in any business. And it doesn't matter if you're building Uber or if you're building a white label site where you're reselling stuff on Shopify. You're looking at the cost of acquiring that customer. Whether you do on digital advertising or outside, you want to know is the cost of acquiring plus the cost of the product stroke service less than what I'm going to receive through in the future. Number two, you're looking at the lifetime value. So in other words, if it's a subscription service, the cost doesn't need to be less than what it is today. It just needs to be less than what the lifetime value is for that customer to stay with you. And then number three, you have to look at what is the pain in my ass that there is going to be in actually getting this customer on board. So is it going to take me 6, 12, 18 months for an enterprise customer? Well, maybe we have the wrong profile then. Then what we do is we say to people, okay, now you've got to look at what your messaging looks like, what your ideal customer profile looks like, and what your product fit and scaling product fit looks like. And then from there, they'll start looking at tactics for marketing and everything else. But at the end of the day, look, entrepreneurship is a beautiful endeavor. You can change the world. You can do incredible things. You can build a legacy and you can actually wake up in the morning feeling like you have meaning in the world, which will put you in the 1%. Forget about wealth. Just meaning will put you in the 1%. And all you gotta do is try and allocate time to it. And once you make that you make that effort and you say, I'm going to do it, and you go through that process of finding out what's the best product for you, then everything after that is just a math formula. And if you follow that formula with the CAC, with the LTV, with the time to actually close folks, and then you break it down to continually trying to improve that, then you can build a business that can make a ton of money as well. So if you're listening to this, you need to rewind the last seven minutes and uh, and put that in repeat <laughs> many, many, many times. Brian, that was that that's absolute gold. I really, really appreciate you breaking it down. And I can I can feel your passion as you're uh, as you're speaking and as you're sharing these stories. And it's it's evident that you've you've lived this, that you've been through it, you've seen you've seen the the pretty and not so pretty side of of business ventures. And so I'm, I really do appreciate you taking that time to, to unpack that for me and, and for those listening. So, um, I mean, share with us a little bit more than with, um, you know, how can people get a hold of you with expert dojo? Like what's, what's the best way that folks can reach out to you? So we're an investor first. That's all we do. 
right? So we find companies, we find them that are highly scalable, and then we put investments into it. Anybody can apply for an investment. We'll do investments of fifty to $100,000 to start, and then we'll do follow-on investments of up to a million dollars for those companies that we see who are really breaking through and hitting their milestones. But, but, but let me add one extra point here, because I think it's important. There are two types of businesses, right? One type of business is American apple pie. It's beautiful. You start off a business, there's a need in the market. You're not taking money from investors or anybody else. Maybe you get 20 grand from your bank or your mom or your dad or your friends or somebody. And maybe you build it up yourself and you get the 20 grand or 50 grand to start. And then you build that business up slowly. And over the years, you follow the same maths that I was talking about. You build up your revenue, you keep your expenses at a minimum, and you build like a great business that you can pass on to your kids and you keep in the family and you have brought meaning to the world and purpose to the world and you've done something epic. And then the second type of companies are the ones you read about, who are the ones that we invest in. They're the Ubers, they're the Lyfts, they're the, um, the we. I mean, we didn't invest in WeWork, but like they're the WeWorks. They're the types of companies which are not really based on profitability and they're not really based on the how you manage your expenses. They're entirely based on how much money you can raise. This is why we see such turbulence in the market when things get a little bit bad and we see companies' values being slashing because most of those companies don't have the foundation to be able to sustain when markets get really bad. So I don't necessarily say to people, you should all go out and build a venture scalable company. You should all have other folks investing in you um, and you should try and build to a billion dollars. Nobody can even spend a billion dollars. I just say, find something that you can be exceptional at. Build it up. You shouldn't even need to raise money to do half the things that you need to do because you can just build it up yourself. But if anybody is looking for a venture scalable company, they can always come through to expertdojo.com and they can just apply there. That's awesome. And I and I really appreciate you explaining that because I, I think there's a lot of folks out there who maybe they might get confused between between the difference, right? Because not 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 every company is 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 a great fit or a great match for you know for raising capital and 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 some and some companies that's exactly what they need. And it really it just becomes a function of how much money, like you said, how much how much money can that company raise. So I appreciate you uh, appreciate you outlining that for us. So um Brian, any any final any any final words, any parting shots, man? I just I, I just let you run with this, man. This is awesome. So you already know how I feel about entrepreneurship. <laughs> like it's a it's a great thing to do. There's so many opportunities out there. Like you just when you wake up in the morning and you look at your toothbrush and you say, what is it that I'm missing in my teeth that this could done? When you get your hair pluckers to pull the hair out of your ears and you say, is there a better way to do this? You start noticing things and you have to train yourself slowly at the beginning because actually everybody's been trained to ignore stuff. You go through the same bodily functions, get into the same car on the same side, do the same stuff in the car, turn on the radio in the same way, put your hands on the steering wheel in the same way, open the garage in the same way, drive to work in the same way. You are programmed to notice nothing. Most of us do not realize how close we are to the reality of the matrix on a daily basis. So wake up, 
Look around you. Look for things broken. Don't look for beauty in the world. Look for things that you can turn into beauty in the world. And then try and see, how can I turn that into something special that can become a business for me? And if you do that, and you start with 5, 10, 15 minutes a day, and then you start to build it up, and you start doing this, especially if you're young enough, then you've got plenty of time to start multiple companies. That's my first thing. My second thing is... If you're 50 or 60 and you're not starting a company, shame on you. You are the new 20s and 30s. You got plenty of energy. You got plenty of time. The world still needs you. Better than that, you got a little bit of money in your bank account. So you're not, you're no longer sitting eating noodles in front of your TV in the evening. So you guys should be out there starting a company as well. And then the final point I mentioned is this. We are entering a recession, downturn, depression, whatever it's going to be. Most folks are going to run towards the hills. Follow Warren Buffett's advice. When there is blood in the streets in the form of capitalism, that is the time for you to be going out to the streets because that's where the opportunity is going to be. Because all those companies that are the biggest companies in the world, they're the ones that are going to be hiding in their cupboard because they're going to be terrified of their spend. So this is a highly unique time where everybody should be looking at what business can I start and how can I do what Airbnb did in 2005, 2006, when the recession was coming in hard, and they go from being what they were, which is nothing, to one of the largest companies in the world. Fantastic. Brian, I, I just want to thank you. I'm not even, even going to try to add to that. Man, that's that absolutely brilliant. I really, really appreciate you making time for me. And thank you My so much for, for sharing your, you know, all, all of this wisdom. And, and again, for those listening, if, if this is a right fit for you, I, I would encourage you to go to expertdojo.com and to learn more about what uh, Brian and his team are, are, are doing. Brian, again, thank you so much, sir. Thank you, my friend. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to America's Entrepreneur. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review or comment on your preferred social media platform. Share it out with friends, family, coworkers, others in your network, And of course, you can write me directly at Aaron at boldmedia.us. That's A-A-R-O-N at boldmedia.us. Till next time.